Hello, my friends, and welcome to Divine Mercy Sunday. This is the second Sunday of Easter and the octave Sunday also, the first eight days of Easter. And uh, today we're going to... um, We're going to continue to witness the resurrection, but we're also going to witness our Lord coming upon the apostles, giving him, giving them his peace and breathing on them the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit and he gave them the authority to forgive sins, to uh, give absolution in his name. This is only given to the priests. And this is a mercy. It's a mercy because God understands the psychological nature of human beings. And he understands it's like, it's like a rebaptism. All right. It's a rebaptism. He breathed on them. And this is like a new creation. He's giving, he's making us into a new, it's like God breathing into Adam. He breathed, uh, put the breath of life through the nostrils of the man and the man became a living being in many ways when we're in sin and the whole human race is in a state of sin we're dead we're dead corpse but through the mercy of god through the mercy of the father the son and the holy spirit you see that new life is being breathed into us all right so let's begin first um Let's say um, the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us of all our sins. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 A reading from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life, to the breaking of bread 
and to the prayers. Awe came upon everyone, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all, and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and divide them among all according to each one's need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple area and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exultation and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Alleluia. Let the house of Israel say, His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Alleluia. I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my Savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Alleluia. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Alleluia. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 1, verse 3 and 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that is perishable, even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Although you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, yet believe in him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy as you attain the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20, verse 19 to 31. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord Jesus. And he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. And the, those whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in the book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so... Blessed Divine Mercy Sunday. And we are now in the octave of Easter, the eighth day of Easter, right? I mean, we got like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday, right? You know. So now we also celebrate on this day St. Thomas the Apostle acknowledging the Lord. I mean, he, he didn't want to believe or he couldn't believe because why? Why couldn't he believe? Because it was such a reality. His death, his crucifixion was real. What they did to him was so real. He could not get 
get it out of his own head. He could not get the image out of his mind. How they mutilated him. How he was tortured. And the fact that they abandoned him. They abandoned the Lord Jesus. And it was tragic. I mean, for Simon Peter, the tragedy on top of him denying him three times, abandoning him in the garden. I mean, he tried to defend him. He used a sword. He cut off the ear of the high priest's servant, Malchus. He tried to be brave by following him into the, gar into the, the, the high priest's courtyard. Putting in, when the Lord warned him that he would deny him three times. And the tragedy in his mind when he was, I mean, what he went through by, by deliberately putting himself in a situation he wasn't ready yet. Deny he ever knew him, even cursed, swore, literally almost like spitting on the ground that, you know, in a Middle Eastern culture, it was just too much. The man who he declared to be the son of God, the man he gave up his business, his, um, you know, his livelihood, abandoned everything to go and follow him. You know, he loved Jesus and he never understood Jesus. The others were pretty much in the same situation. They most likely did see the mutilated body along with John the Apostle. Yes, they ran and hid. It's most likely they saw the crucifixion from far away. It's most likely they were there at his burial. They knew where the burial was. So they knew exactly. John, the apostle, obviously, you know, knew, but they must have seen from far away. Even, you know, cowards have some little bit of courage, even though they would not come out in the open, but they knew. But for Thomas... He knew the Lord was pierced in the side, obviously from the testimony of John the Apostle. And most likely he was there at his burial. But the reality was too much for him. It was too real. And the Lord then appeared the following Sunday. He wasn't there when the Lord said the first Sunday evening. Peace be with you, right there in their midst. Then he breathed upon them, received the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. Whatever sins you forgive are, are forgiven. Whatever sins you retain are retained. The sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. How, you know, if he wasn't there, does that mean Thomas did not receive it? No. By 
the fact that he is an apostle, by the fact that he was chosen by the Twelve, by the fact that he was there in the upper room, by the fact that you know he was there, he got his feet washed. He was there during the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, the body and blood and soul divinity of the Lord. He was a priest. Maybe there was some ritual. Who knows? Maybe the maybe the Lord did breathe on him. Maybe you know did give him the same blessing. Who knows? It doesn't go into that detail because you know obviously he was an apostle. And he said, "I will. I do not believe you, men. I, I, I. Come on. You, why are you saying this to me? He's dead. The master is dead. The rabbi is dead. Why are you saying this? He probably didn't believe Mary Magdalene. Didn't believe the other women. It was just too much for him. And then suddenly, he was there." He was there, right there in their midst on the following Sunday. Take your hand, put it to my side. Look at my hands and my feet. Touch and stop doubting. My Lord and my God. He said, my Lord and my God. A fantastic statement. Something we should say at Mass when the priest lifts up the Eucharist. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My Lord and my God. I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Blessed all who come to the supper of the Lamb. It's something we need, we need to grab a hold of. You know, you heard me um, talk about, you know, the Holy Face, the, the devotion to the Holy Face, because to me, this is a reality I need. I need to increase my faith in the real presence. And the face, the face of Jesus is, uh, I think it, it's, it holds two parts. One it points to his incarnation, not just to the the holy face of Veronica's veil, but to the holy face that's in the shroud. The holy face in the shroud is a living testimony of Jesus Christ's presence on earth, that Jesus Christ is still with us. The shroud is still with us. The fact that you have to look deeply, look deeper. By looking deeper, 
you're diving deeper into your faith. You're diving deeper into the reality of the Eucharist, into the reality of the Incarnation, into the reality of the real presence, into the reality of the historical Incarnation, the historical passion of Christ. He was there in front of Thomas and the others. Put your hand into my hand, into the, into my hands. Put your hand into my, my side. Jesus of Nazareth is real. Jesus Christ, the son of God is real. The resurrection is real. There's a book by, by a, uh, a cop called Cold Case Christianity. I don't, I haven't bought it. The cop started the, the I can't remember the title, unfortunately, the, the name, I mean, the, um, the name of the, um, the author, but Cold Case Christianity is, is, is the title I remember. He was an atheist. He started his journey as an atheist to investigate the Christian claim that Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead. Now, people talk about contradictions, um, that they couldn't get their narrative straight. And I think he's right about this. If they really, if they got all their facts together, there might be something wrong. If there were no challenges, no, people would actually say, it's just too neat and clean. And that's true. If there was no obstacles, no obstacles to the, to, to the story of the resurrection, you know, one account not clear here, but it's not clear here. One account has, again, same thing, Matthew. Matthew overlooks something that Luke covered. Luke says that the passage where the, the Sanhedrin beat him, slapped him in the face and spat at him and punched him, prophesy unto us who punch, who, who, who uh, assaulted you, Christ. Why would they say that? Because something that Matthew overlooked in his investigation that Luke covered, they blindfolded Jesus in the garden. They blindfolded him. And when they got to the Sanhedrin, he probably, we never thought about it. That's most likely that he was still blindfolded. So that's something, you know, we often don't think about. They, they don't, they don't, they don't say anything. You know, like in the movies, Gibson doesn't show them putting a hood over his head. That's most likely what they did. John doesn't, John doesn't mention it, but Luke does. 
And that's, a, 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 I think, a very good detail. A lot of people, even Christians, they often overlook these details, but that's what makes it real. Because a police, he said, you can um, keep a, a fake story, something that was made up, maybe with three people, maybe two people. But you can't keep something that's fake with 12 or 20 people or more. Okay, Judas died. You had the 11 ending with Simon Peter, right? You have Mary Magdalene. You have other uh, eyewitnesses. You have uh, the mother of the Zebedees. You have Zebedee the father. You have... Um, you have the the case of of other scholar, um, other witnesses, other people who knew Jesus of Nazareth. It's hard keeping tw uh, twelve or more or up to twenty people on the same page because it just doesn't work that way. The fact that you have all these, like. One rabbi says the women went to the went to the tomb early in the morning. They encountered some men. They saw that the tomb was rolled away. Some women saw an angel. The angel told them to tell them to meet me in Galilee. Mary Magdalene runs back and she tells James, I mean she tells John and Simon Peter. John runs to the tomb. The other women, according to one account, Mark's, is that they bumped to the Lord on the way and they fell down and worshipped him. Obviously, Mary Magdalene wasn't there. John, when he, in his account, he only focuses on Mary Magdalene in, in, you know, in the garden. He doesn't make mention to the other women. Why? Because that's all he wanted to focus on was Mary Magdalene. But he didn't want to focus on any other detail that he felt was just not worth it. I mean, John's gospel was probably the last one written. So you see, the resurrection, even from a modern day police officer, and there are modern day forensics. They study the matter and they believe that Jesus of Nazareth was a historical account. Anyway, that's, that, that, that's, that's the, the beauty of it. Now with the divine mercy, it's, it's so much. The resurrection is divine mercy. The agony in the garden and the torture is divine mercy. It's, you know, you, you know, you got to focus on it. You got to look at it. He was pierced his side with a lance, a spear, blood and water were poured out. His body could have been thrown away in a ditch by and, and eaten up by wild bulls. 
it's you can't you can't make something like this up. It has too much plausibility. It has too much. It's tr- it's just too true. It's just too true and too fantastic. All right, um, let's end it here, and um, we'll try to come back with another account podcast actually okay god bless i believe in one god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth of all things visible and invisible i believe in one lord jesus christ the only begotten son of god born of the father before all ages god from god light from light true god from true god begotten not made consubstantial with the father Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and his Son is adored and glorified, who was spoken through the prophets. I believe in one one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the gift of the Catholic Church. We thank you for the gift of the gospel. We thank you for the gift of the sacraments, the Eucharist, baptism, uh, reconciliation, confession. We thank you for, for the incarnation, for the ministry, the life and ministry. We thank you for the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We thank you for um, for Mary's prayers and intercessions, St. Joseph's prayers and intercessions, St. John the Baptist's prayer and intercession, for the Holy Apostles and all the saints, we thank you for, for all this, and we thank you for the devotions you've given us, the Holy Rosary, uh, the Novenas. We thank you for all of that that strengthens our faith, encourages us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul, divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless. And uh, I'll be back soon with another podcast. God bless.